Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. If this is your first time, welcome. If you're a repeat listener, welcome back. On this channel, we have simple goals. We want to inspire investors to move forward. We want to create belief that one rental at a time is possible. And we want to help you take positive steps forward. If you want to learn more about your host, Michael Zuber, please go to Amazon and buy his book, self-titled or self-published, One Rental at a Time. I believe there's a link in the description. If you're ready to get started with buy and hold rentals, but unsure what to do, I strongly encourage you to consider buying our online course. It gives you the tools to get started, help you learn your market, allows you to compare deals, and so much more. Lastly, by buying the course, you are granted access to a private Facebook group where I and my students interact daily. Everyone is equal, and we just keep helping everyone move forward. It is so much fun to watch, and again, I believe a link is in the description. With that, on with the show. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. Uh, I have a show that a lot of you have been asking for. Uh, I brought an expert in the mortgage industry, somebody who owns a company that does mortgages, both uh, owner-occupied and investor. Uh, so let's welcome Tristan Purcell to the show. How are you doing this morning, uh, Tristan? Hey, I'm good. doing great, Michael. Thank you. Excellent, buddy. So first off, why don't you just tell us who you are, where you are in this uh, investing landscape, where your company is, and, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the owner of a, of a local mortgage company here in Fresno called Snap Home Loans. And uh, we're a mortgage broker, so we deal with multiple investors, multiple lenders uh, nationwide. And uh, we do all types of residential mortgages. So we do uh, FHA, VA, we do conventional, we do non-QM, jumbo, uh, investor loans, first-time home buyers, move-up home buyers, uh, and everything in between. Very, very cool. When you say nationwide, does that mean you lend on product nationwide or your, lend your borrowers could be anywhere in the country? Uh, our, our lending partners are, are nationwide, right? So we lend, right, we lend specifically here in California. We can do mortgages in any part of California. Mm -hmm. um, and, we, and we, we, we do that regularly, not just here in Fresno, but all over the state. Uh, but yeah, our lending partners, you know, they, are, they can be here in Fresno. They could be here in uh, we, one of the biggest lenders in the country right now is in Detroit, Michigan uh, that we deal with. Uh, United Wholesale Mortgage. Uh, some of the lenders are down south, some are up north in the Bay Area. So it just depends. Yeah, very, very cool. And I wanted to ask that because, again, you know, you, you obviously lend a lot in, in the market that I invest in. I talk about it all the time. So I, I was really looking forward to getting you on this show. So let's start with that first investment loan, right? Lots of people are familiar with owner-occupant, buying their first home. Sure. The people that watch my channel are thinking about getting that first rental property. So why don't you talk about how does somebody go about getting their first rental um, loan or rent rental property? Yeah. So from a traditional standpoint, right? I'm not talking about, you know, bringing on investors. I'm not talking about going out and get hard money. I'm talking about a traditional rental property loan, right? Something mm -hmm. that's you know, a full underwrite. Uh, it's, it's honestly not that, not that hard. Now the, the caveat is, yeah, you have to have money, right? You have to have 15 to 20% down. You know, that's a standard conventional investment loan or non-owner occupied loan. Mm -hmm. um, so like I said, 15 to 20% down, uh, you have to be, you have to be employed, right? You have to have a job. Uh, normally it helps if you already own an investment property or I'm sorry, normally 
you own a primary residence, but we have, we have clients who, who choose to rent and then they buy a, buy investment properties and that's fine too. You know, that's mm -hmm. fine too. Um, but like I said, it, it really comes down to having, you know, good credit. You don't need to have, you need to have the money <laughs> and, you have the, and you need to have the income. Okay? Right. Uh, cause you know, we, we run debt we will run a debt to income calculation. Uh, we can use rental in, potential rental income from the property itself that you're buying, you know, but at the same time that it, may, it might not be enough. Right. Right. So you just, you know, having more income is, is always best, you know, and having the money is always best from a what? traditional lending standpoint. Yeah. So why don't we talk about, I know it's really hard. Everybody should call you to talk about their specific criteria, but why don't we give some ranges, right? Talk about, you know, credit score of, you know, above X, reserve yeah. X, uh, down payment of X, right? What are, what are kind of the ranges people should be thinking about? Right, right. So like, again, 10, uh, 15, 20% down. Yep. Okay. You, you really want probably over 700 FICO score for investment property, you yep. know, because all these, all these loans, every loan that's run, done in this country, it's run through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac software system, uh, any kind of traditional loan. Mm -hmm. And uh you for investment properties, they're going to hold those loans to higher criterias. Yep. You know, so, so you, you definitely want to hire FICO. You definitely need money, right? Like I said, 10 to 15% down reserve requirements uh, will be per, uh, the, per Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you know, so just depending on uh, what the automated underwriting says. Uh, and then they also have their own guidelines too on top of that. And some lenders have overlays and things like that. But, and that's why it's really important to talk to a, a local mortgage expert right. uh, who, can re who really knows investment property uh, uh, loans and that can really guide, guide their clients into the right one for them. Yeah. So why don't we talk about debt to income? That's something, you know, lots of new investors will hear. They'll probably be asked for the first time, right? What's your debt to income ratio? Why sure. don't we explain what it is and kind of where you like to see it? Right, right. Well, first of all, you know, no, nobody, you know, should be trying to calculate their own debt to income ratio, leave that to an expert, Yeah. right? Leave, you know, and, and we have software programs that do it, right? It pulls in the credit report, we can add in rental income, we can add in other debts and liabilities, whatever it is, but, but let an expert do it, right? Make sure that you're talking to the right person that can uh, get all your information. Uh, and that's another thing. The more information that we get from a client, the better answer we can give them, you know? So somebody calls us and says, hey, I don't want to run my credit. And it's like, okay, then you're not serious about buying, yeah. right? You're not, you're not serious because, you know, to run, we need to, I need to run your credit. Like that's, that's the truth of the matter. And uh, a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's going to hurt my credit score, this and that. Well, it's not going to hurt your credit score. You'll be fine, right? The banks, they give you a leeway to shop. You know, they can't yeah. just say like, you know, hey, you know, you can pull your credit score one time for a mortgage and that's it. They can't do that, right? They have to allow you a little window to be able to shop for a mortgage. So as long as you're pulling your credit for a mortgage within maybe, you know, three, four weeks, then it's not, it shouldn't impact your score the polling shouldn't impact your score, right? Now, if you're doing other stuff, right, with your credit during that time, that could affect things. Um, but getting back to debt to income ratio, uh, we can run debt to income ratios, you know, all the way up to 50% for conventional loans. For investment loans, it's probably gonna be a little lower, you know, just because they're gonna want, like I said, they hold those loans to a higher criteria, mm -hmm. higher standard. Very cool. And just so, you know, both you and I know this, but when we sell residential mortgages, we're not just talking about single family homes, right? We're talking about all the way up through quads. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. We can do investment properties, uh, up to four units, right. In terms of a, in terms of a traditional conventional one, once you get above four units, it's considered a commercial property, whole different ball game, right? Yeah, whole different um, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, if you get an FHA loan, I believe VA too, you can go up to four units, uh, as an owner occupied, right? So you, your owner, you're going to owner occupy one unit and rent out the other three. Yep. So exactly. Another, that's another way people can get into the investment game, you know, they don't have to just go buy a single family home. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and, and rent it out, you know, if, if, if the, if the situation is right, they can go buy a duplex, they can go buy a threeplex, a fourplex. Uh, the only caveat is you have to live in one of the units. Right. So, and here, here in Fresno, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any fourplexes I'd want to live in. I'm just, you know, <laughs> but you know, but they're, they're out there, right? Yeah. Some people make their choices and that's fine. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So I want to go back to a number you gave earlier, right? 15, 20% down. Um, if, so that's for a house. Is it the same deal for a, a quad, right? If we come in and find a, a four uh, it's, in the it's, it's not right. So once you get above, once you get above that, that single unit, the single family house, uh, down payment goes up 25%. Got it. That's what I thought. Yep. Right, so you're going to want 25% down on a, a duplex, triplex, or a quad. Correct. Yep. Okay. 25%. Yep. Yeah. Because I mean, it's in there. It's in the, it's a risk profile thing. Yeah. You know, so the, they, you know, the lenders, they say, you know, these loans are, you know, more risky supposedly. Yeah. Well, they you still know, remember, they remember 2006, <laughs> seven, eight. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So 25% down a duplex and above. Um, I, I'm curious, what, what are rates today on investment loans? Are they, you know, a new, let's assume a new investor, lots of income, yeah. all of that perfect credit or, you know, 750 FICO and above. Are, are, are they getting something with a four on it today? Yeah. I mean, we, we just did, um, I just did an investment loan for a client, a refinance. And let me look here. He got a, I mean, he was, he was, he was the perfect borrower, right? Sure. I mean, the per, you know, he had awesome credit scores, you know, very low debt to him ratio. It had a three in front of it. So oh my it, was, God. It, was, it was a high threes, you know, was that cash um, out refi or just recasting the debt? It was, it was a rate and term. Yeah. Right. Just a rate and term refinance. Uh, you know, low LTV, he was at about 75% loan to value, wow. um, you know, on, on a $276,000 loan amount. And yeah, uh, yeah he, he got, he got himself a great rate. I think he went from like a five and a five and an eighth to three, eight, seven, five is what we got. Him. So, um, yeah, it, with the investment properties, you know, it really, with the, the down payments really impact things, you know, on a, on a primary residence, mm -hmm. uh, the down payment, you know, doesn't really impact the rate a whole lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you go from 15% down to 20% down, to 25% down, 25% is when it really gets good, right? right. So if you can hit that 75% LTV uh, by either putting down 25% or when you refinance, you're at 75% LTV, the rate gets a lot better at 25% uh, at down or 75% LTV. Very, very cool. Well, yeah. I'm gonna ask a selfish question because heck, it's my show. Uh, so I'm an individual that owns probably, I don't know, 40 or so single family homes. Okay. I don't know, 80 or so apartment units, but I actually okay. own a bunch of single family homes free and clear. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't qualify for FHA, obviously, right? Because I have more than 10 loans, I don't think. Do you, are, they, are, they, are they 10 mortgage properties? You have, you have 10 mortgage properties? I would guess I still have 10 residential loans, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be, a, it'd be difficult. You know, it'd be yeah. difficult to qualify uh, in a traditional sense, you know, right. in a traditional sense, it'd be difficult. Um, FHA, I'm not, honestly, I can't, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with that, right? I don't run into yeah. too many FHA buyers who own 10 other properties. So yeah. I really haven't come across that. Uh, I, that I, I wouldn't want to comment on that, but I can sure. get you the answer, you know, but I know if you, you know, if you're going conventional yeah. uh, and you do have, you know, 10 properties or more, I think one of one of Fanny's like eight and I think Freddie's 10, I yeah. just, I just can't recall, but yeah, it, it's a whole different ballgame. 
You know, right. that's a whole different ballgame at that point when you're when you're trying to get financing for a, a primary uh, a residence. So at that point, you'd probably go with um, you know, a, a non-QM or a portfolio type loan where yeah. they really wouldn't. They yeah, really so, wouldn't care so much. So let's talk about that. So, okay. So let's talk about a, a so a non-QM, you know, obviously non-qualified mortgage. Want to define that for the audience because they probably don't know that acronym. Right. Go ahead. Define what it is, right? It's one variable that doesn't mean FHA standards and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically any loan that's sort of outside the realm of traditional financing. Um, it's, it's loans that are, you know, generally they're large, non-QM is sort of, you generally get to non-QM when you're above, you know, county loan limits. Mm-hmm. That'd be yep. a non-QM loan or a non-conforming loan. Um, also, if you're doing a kind of a specialty type loan, maybe you're doing a bank statement loan. So you have a self-employed borrower and you're generating their income from a bank statement mm-hmm. uh, or a PNL or something like that, a certified PNL by an accountant. Or uh, if it's uh, a loan that, a loan that you, I think you, you had mentioned earlier in the show, uh, where they're just giving you the loan based on maybe your credit scores and then the cash flow of the property. You know, that would be considered a non-QM loan or even mm-hmm. a, at that point a commercial loan. Right. Um, you know, depending on the property. So yeah, uh, that, that, that's kind of a non-QM. Anything outside the realm of, of sort of traditional financing. Yeah, basically FHA, traditional financing, it's a very defined box. And if right. you're in the box on all criteria, you're good. But yeah. if you're not on one variable, right, it goes non-QM. And really what that means is higher rates, more underwriting. Uh, potentially, yeah. Higher rates, uh, potentially higher rates. Uh, definitely those types of loans, in my experience, are really under a microscope. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, most loans are sort of under a microscope regardless. Um, but the loans that we that I've experienced in terms of non-QM or non-traditional mortgages, I mean, they they are they're they're picking at everything, right? They're they're pulling at every single thread, you know, trying to figure out you know what's going on with the mortgage. If there's anything they're missing, I mean, they're they're going through the whole thing. It's yeah. very very microscopic. Yeah, and then let's talk about portfolio loans. That was another thing we talked about that uh, I want you know we should at least define for people what that is. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a, it's an easy it's a kind of a blanket way of saying, um, you know, the the bank is supposedly lending their own money, right? And they're going to hold on to the loan. Um, with that said, you know, they could say it's a portfolio loan and then they could just sell it. Sell you it. know, so yeah, it doesn't matter. So so a portfolio loan, I guess that's it's it's portfolio, non QM, non traditional financing. They're kind of all the same, you know. Uh, it's all the same stuff, but you know, I, I guess a portfolio loan, you know, if you went to like a credit union, you know, they would, uh, hang on to that loan. Like I have, a, I have one of my mortgages with, uh, educational employees credit union. It's for an investment property, uh, in Hanford actually. And I got that mortgage. What year is it? I got that mortgage six years ago and I still, I still pay EECU. So, okay. uh, so yeah, if you're, if you're, you know, credit unions, they'll hang on to them, but at the end of the day, like they could sell it too, you know, yeah. just depends. They could sell the servicing, they could sell it to another bank. They could, EECU could get taken over by another credit union. It's just, you know, all these things happen. You know? Yeah. Financial, it's a financial instrument at that point. Um, so now let's talk about what we're seeing going on in the lending game. And I'll give you my opinion and, and, uh, I'm not meaning to lead the witness. It's just that I see a lot of stuff going on in the lending environment that I think is positive for real estate investors. First off, I think rates are, I mean, we just talked about it, right? An investor got a, something with a three on it, right? I, I, right, did, right? I was buying stuff back in 03 with a seven on it. Oh, wow. wow. So, um, you know, to think about rates being this low, have you ever done an investment loan with a three on it before? 
this this year is probably one of the first years right. yeah that we've that we've done these types of loans yeah yep normally they're they're fours fives you know a few years ago they were sixes yeah, yeah exactly so is it if um if the fed goes on a, a rate cutting you know string could you could you fathom real estate investors getting a loan with a two on it i mean could you squint your eyes and see that as possible or is a three it's it's possible right i mean i i did a if it's if it's possible for a primary right it's possible for an investment you know i did i had a uh i had a 15 the house i just sold i had a 15-year mortgage on it two and a half percent wow and i did that yeah i did that loan i did that loan for myself uh i don't know three years ago it was three years ago so yeah but it was it was a primary residence but it's possible right it's definitely possible all right yeah yeah because i think i mean i could I'm going to tell you right now, probably, let me see, I can probably price it out and see if we can get even close to two, you know, it's wow. very, very possible. Um, we keep on going. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, where I'm going with this is I, I'm under the, in, this is what my thesis is. I believe that real estate investors are going to be able between now and the end of 2020 lock in the cheapest 30 year money in a generation at least. Right. And it, it's going to be low threes, high twos is what I'm right. Thinking. Right. I mean, you got to make the argument like how, how low can it go? Right. <laughs> yes. and, and it's like at the end of the, yeah, I mean, how low can it get? How low can it get before they just start, you know, it just stops being profitable. Right. Exactly. I just, I don't know, but you know, but yeah, I think, I think his, I mean, obviously people say historically, you know, everything's pretty low, you know, yeah. and then they said, they said that, you know, four years ago too. So well, yeah, yeah, four yeah. years ago they had, a, they had a low five or a high four on them. Right. And everybody was saying historically they're low, you know, yeah. so that's the same thing now, you know, yeah. uh, but sure. Can we go lower? Sure. Yeah. Why not? But it can't go. <laughs> I mean, I could see it having a two, but could I see it having a one? Oh my God. I mean, that would, I think I'd be afraid if that ever happened. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's, 30 that's a year money question. with a one on it. Oof, that's, that's a pretty good scary. question. That's a good question. You know, I, I mean, you think back, you think back, you know, you talk to, to, to people that are older than my, than I am. Uh, they're like, Hey, back in the eighties, my, my mortgage was uh 12% or something yeah, like that. 12s. Yeah. Oh, exactly. If it can have a 12 in front of it, it can have one in front of it. Right. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so I think, so my thesis <laughs> is rates are, are low and I think they're going to get lower through uh, 2020. So that's what I'm thinking. Well, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. So here's the other thing, and this is you're going to be able to figure this out. I am under the impression that getting a real estate investment loan mm-hmm. is easier now than it was three years ago. And I think it will be easier still next year because, okay. because <clears throat> banks have to make profits. And I think owner occupants are going to you know, back off buying because the economy could get slower. Does right, right. With what you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, well, from my perspective, I, th- I think you're kind of spot on with with your thesis for that. Uh, but from my perspective, I think you're gonna you're gonna get a history, a good history in the past. I don't know when was when was the downturn ten ten years ago, right? Or ten yeah. years, ten ten nine ten years. Um, you're gonna start getting a history of these 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 investment loans, right? That have been putting their people are putting fifteen, twenty, twenty five percent down, and they're probably performing very well. Oh yeah, I had to guess, sure. right? They're probably performing very well. Um, they are, uh, I'm guessing the foreclosure rate is very small on those types of loans. Uh, and it kind of, it kind of goes back to what kind of loan would you make personally, right? Would you rather make an investment loan, uh, an investment property that cash flows and this and that, uh, and the guy's got 25% equity, got a lot of skin in the game, right? Yeah. Um, 
uh, and and yeah, the rates the rates gonna be higher, right? You get, you get you get paid a little higher on your money. It's a safe, it's kind of almost a safer bet, right? You got you have a higher higher more skin in the game. You have a higher a higher interest rate, so it's better for the investor uh, or better for you as the lender, um, as opposed to you know somebody who's getting an FHA loan uh, or a conventional loan, three percent down. They're living in the house. You know their their debt to income ratio could be maxed out. Like as an investor, what 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 sounds safer to you? Yeah, exactly. you know, as a mortgage, as a mortgage investor, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're giving somebody money for the mortgage, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like that person to have a lot of skin in the game. So, <laughs> you know, that would make me, you know, sleep at night. So I think, uh, yeah. I think you're going to get that history of, of, of those mortgages and I think they're, they're performing very well. You know? Yeah, I think they are too. Uh, and again, I think what's going to happen is I, because again, the mortgage industry needs to feed itself with new business and we're going through probably a nice refi wave right now, which I'm sure you're seeing. Why don't we right. talk about that for a minute? Right, refis, cash out, just term and uh, rate refis. Yeah, rate. yeah. So there's 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 a huge opportunity for you know almost everybody who's purchased a home in the past um, what past six seven years you yeah. know to refinance right. And there there's there's always numerous reasons why why people refinance and there's numerous ways to gain you know through a refinance right. Number one is you know cash out right. If you want to do cash out refinance, pay off debt. Maybe you want to take that money and invest it in something else. Maybe it's another property. Maybe it's a stock. Whatever it is. Um, Rate and term refinances. So you know, obviously, lowering your rate, you know, is a is a big thing. Um, one thing to look out for on refinances, though, is a lot of people, you know, say they've been in their mortgage four years, right? And they're like, well, I really just want the lowest payment. Okay, well, lowest payment is, yeah, we can drop your rate, maybe get rid of your mortgage insurance, but you're going to go back to a thirty-year mortgage, right? You know, so that's that could. It, so in the grand scheme of things, are you really saving, right? Are you really saving? Um, you know, money, 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 yeah, you're saving money monthly, right? But how, because you're going back to 30 year mortgage, it's something to think about, yeah, you know, totally um, you know, and, and, and the opposite too, if you go, if you do a rate and term refinance or even a cash out refinance, you can uh, shorten your term, you know? So if you can shorten your term and lower your interest rate uh, or even shorten your term and keep your same interest rate, I mean, that's a win. You yeah. know, you're, you're, you're winning. If the goal is to pay off your mortgage faster, that's a win. You know, I remember I did, um, I did that for my personal loan. I went from a 30 year to a 15 year and I dropped my rate. Uh, my payment went up. It was only, it only went up like a couple hundred bucks, you know? And yeah. so it was worth it, you know? Yeah. Shave, shave a decade off your total, uh, total uh, payments. It's, that's real money saved. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So, um, in terms of what else are we talking about? In terms of cash out refinances, oh, yep. investor investor refinances. Um, yeah, those that's a that's a real niche product. You know, the the investor refinance. You know, the was it the buy rehab rent and then yeah. refinance Burr, the whole Burr, Burr thing. Yeah, yeah. I saw, somebody I, somebody put that on Instagram. Um, yeah, the Burr thing. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's mortgage lenders out there that are specifically targeting that business. You know, and they'll uh, they'll give an investor a loan based on their credit score and then the cash flow of the property. So let's just make sure we talk about that one. So are they just lending on the end product, right? Are they the refi at the end? Or are you saying they'll loan on the upfront on ARV of something and maybe portion out the repair money or which part of that Burr method are they lending on? Uh, they are as far, the ones I'm talking about, it's the end. It's yeah. At the end, right. So they're, they're doing it at the end. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are those, invest, those, those mortgage investors out there that are, you know, I'm sure there's a product out there for people who want to do the Burr thing or the, the, yeah. It's called hard money. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, it, it's, 
people, I know, I know investors have been clamoring for that product, you know, to be able to pull out pretty much all the money that they have in their rental property, yeah. um, you know, which is great for the investor. Uh, if it works out for the bank, that's great too, you yeah. know. Um, guessing the bank's going to want to appraise on the property and they'll oh, probably sure. want 30% equity and all that. So, which is fine. You know, yeah, yeah. That's, that's totally fine. Well, very, very cool. I know a lot of people that watch this channel uh, kind of focus on Fresno, the Central Valley. Uh, that's where I am. That's probably, you know, probably why they do that. So how can somebody get a hold of you, Tristan, figure out what their options are and, and all of that? How, how can they get a hold of you, follow you, all that good stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm on Facebook, just Tristan Purcell. I'm on Instagram, Tristan Purcell. Um, they can get a hold of my office at that uh, 559-234-2224. Just Google us, Snap Home Loans. It comes right up. So uh, you can be anywhere in the country and Google us and then it'll, it'll, it'll come right up. As long as you want to buy here in California, we can help you. Awesome. Awesome. Yep. One more time, Tristan, on the phone number, this time a little bit slower. Okay, sure. It's uh, 559-234-2224, which is our office line. Excellent, Tristan. Well, thank you very much for doing this. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for taking some time out of your busy day. Of course, man. Happy to help. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right. Take care. Uh -huh.